Hey, you're listening to the Sound on Sight Walking Dead podcast, season three, episode 16. Welcome to the tombs. It's the season three finale, finally. And we are joined by special guest Kevin Yeoman of Screen Rant to discuss the fate of the group, of the governor, and of the series itself. back on the Sound Outside Walking Dead podcast. My name is Simon Howell. I'm joined by Ricky D. Hola. Kate Kulzik. Hey, guys. And special guest this week, Screen Rants, Kevin Yeoman. Hi, guys. How's everybody doing? Are we feeling all right? This is going to be so much fun. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I, I'm actually really excited. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. You, you, uh, we should just get Kevin to plug a few things. Now, Kevin, I'm kind of jealous because you get to review all the best shows over at Screen Rants. Tell our listeners, what exactly is it that you review? Make me more jealous. <laughs> uh, well, right now, uh, I'm, I've just been uh, heading up, uh, just finished Walking Dead um, and started Game of Thrones uh, last night. Um, also handle stuff like um, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, most of the, the AMC stuff. And then um, pretty much if it's, uh, if it's on HBO or FX, um, I'm, I'm covering that stuff too. Uh, I think I'll be finishing uh, Justified tomorrow, so... See, that's what I got to do. I got to fire everybody just so I can write about all the shows. <laughs> I got to divide it between these guys. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. You're not allowed to take Doctor Who. You can take the Vampire Diaries, though. I, got, <laughs> I regret that choice. I would love to write about Doctor Who, considering I know jack shit about the show. It'd be awesome. I, um, I, I want to quickly thank all our listeners this year. You guys have been amazing. Like, seriously amazing. Um, it was just been, it's been like a really hard time <laughs> reviewing the second half of season three. But I think it's the most fun I've had recording any podcast. And we, re- we record several podcasts, as everybody knows. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, we, yes. we, we didn't get any new rate, reviews this week on iTunes, but we did get a couple of ratings. And so thank you guys for that. And, yeah, exactly what you said, Ricky. It's It's been a lot of fun um, having our, 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 I guess, debates is a nice way to put it. Uh, and, and really getting to interact with the listeners as well this year. It's been a lot of fun. And we should also just remind our listeners that Kate and I are starting our Game of Thrones podcast today, mm-hmm. which you can find on the website, soundinsight.org. And I'm also doing a Bates Motel podcast, at least for the first season, because I'm not really sure if this show is going to work for me. But anyways, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that is always the gambit with television. But uh, And speaking of gambits and television, welcome to the tombs, the season three finale of The Walking Dead, written by Glenn Mazzara. And this is also going to be his last episode as showrunner before Scott Gimple takes over next season. And uh, you know what? We may as well start with the obvious thing. We've been we've been praying and praying for Andrea to die, and it finally happened. So let's 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 start there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> was I the only one who felt kind of guilty about that this week? Because I feel like I've just been expressing ex- insane bloodlust over that character for such a long time, and then when it actually happened, it was just sort of sad. I think that's effective storytelling. <laughs> yeah yeah i agree i you know i sat down and watched this with my whole entire family who were over for easter weekend right and before the show started at the dinner table of course we had this like one hour long 
conversation about The Walking Dead out of all things. And I didn't think anything was surprising because during that dinner conversation that we all had, I told everybody, I'm like, Andrea is going to die tonight because every season finale of The Walking Dead ends with a bunch of people dying and there's got to be at least one main character dying. And so I was like 100% sure she was going to die. And I was also 100% sure they weren't going to kill the governor. So for me, I wasn't surprised in any way by this episode whatsoever. With that said, I don't hate the episode. I just don't love it. I just kind of like it. I think this would have made a good penultimate episode, but I'm not sure about it being a season finale. It felt weird as a season finale. But going back to what Simon said, I was I was like almost in tears, dude. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know her characters frustrated us for the whole entire season, but I thought that was emotionally devastating. And the reason why, and the, the things that I like about this episode that I actually love is the scenes with Andrea and Milton. And later with the scenes with Andrea, Rick, and Michonne. Because the thing about her character is at the beginning of the, of the episode, she tells Michonne, she's like, you know, I did what I did because I was trying to save everybody. And then she says it again later on when she's talking to Rick and Michonne. And she's like, I made these decisions because I was trying to save everybody. And that's why I thought it was so heartbreaking. Because not only does she have to pull the trigger, which uh, takes a lot of courage and speaks volumes about her as a person. But... It, I mean, I know she tried to do the best and, you know, you got to give someone credit for trying, but she still made all the wrong decisions. And I think what hurts her more than the biter than the bite mark on her neck is the fact that she knows she made the wrong decisions and she might have some regrets. And that's kind of like a sad way to die. And that's why I thought it was emotionally devastating. And I thought and I uh, on the website, I wrote up the 20 best scenes of season three. And I put that as a number one scene of the second half of season three. So, yeah, uh, our listeners should go check out my list. So that's my overall feelings of this episode. All right, Kevin, I, I wanted to start with you and, and specifically talking about, you know, when she says that thing about, oh, I just wanted to help everyone. I mean, that felt to me very much like them trying to sort of, uh, I guess, sand over some of those character decisions and... So for me, it was kind of like stuck halfway between being poignant and being uh, slightly annoying. I mean, how did you react to that? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I I thought that they uh, they went um, kind of a long way in in giving her a noble ending, even though she as if they were acknowledging that she'd been kind of frustrating for the entire season. Um, although I do think that in a certain way that uh, so, some of her her whole uh, I just didn't want anybody else to die. It sort of felt like it was born out of, I don't know, a uh, sort of a prideful attempt to uh, to kind of redeem herself. But um, it, yeah, it, it went a long way in, in redeeming the character, especially the way that she had to go out with uh, with Michonne holding her and, and things like that. I I thought it was okay for a character that went out like Lori or, or T-Dog. Hey, can I ask you a question, Kate, Simon, or Kevin? I don't know. You guys watch more TV than me. How... How long before the show is completed and and written and shot and edited before it airs? It depends on the show. Because I'm just wondering, like, with The Walking Dead, I wonder if, like, this specific episode and that scene was written somewhere between the season, like, somewhere during the season break, and they knew that people were frustrated with Andrew's characters, or do you think it was already there from the from the get-go? I think they've, I, I well, I think people have been frustrated with Andrea even before this season started. 
Like I, I, I don't, I, I, so I think they, they definitely know that she's a, that she's a problematic character, and I don't, and I don't think it's a coincidence that she's the only major player to go. Like I, I think they're definitely just to some level responding to you know viewer stimuli. So Kate, were you at all surprised? Because I wasn't. Um, we for, for that Andrea died. I wasn't particularly. Well, just anything, anything, anything in general. Now, last week we had a uh, an entertaining discussion about the 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 function of an episode as a standalone element, or if the, and if it's really good by its by itself, but it doesn't fit with the larger arc or the character beats feel unearned or untrue in relation to everything that's come before. Is that a success? And I gave you a hard time about that. And uh, I reflected on it more this week. And I, I think that you're, you're right in, in what you were saying last week. And it's, it's or sort of like a balance between the, the, the two positions that we were ha- saying last week, the thing with television and the way that it's, it, works as a long form narrative most procedurals even you know at this point have some sort of serialized character issues going on underneath the the the, you know case of the week sort of thing pretty much all television needs to be able to work as or is at its best when it works both as a season as a whole or a series as a whole as well as each episode needs to to be feel like an episode and needs to you know uh, at least that's the, what I most prefer. And so when, because I've been thinking about this, this over this past week in relation to our discussion last week, this episode I approached with that sort of ticking away in the back of my head. And my my biggest takeaway for this episode was I thought it was a really good episode. I thought it was, I thought it was a damn good episode of television. Taken at, take, no, taken as it's, as itself. And I, the thing that I kept coming back to watching this episode was how much better this should have been or would have been if if the rest of the season had led to it in a more artful way. There's a lot that happens in this episode that like this like that scene that we're talking about with Andrea that is really that's excellent performance and very well written and it's in very engaging but you need to sort of it's trying to make up for an entire season of bad writing for that character. And so while it, it, the episode really worked for me and the, those scenes really worked for me, I couldn't help but sit there thinking, and imagine if, you know, or the scenes with Milton, imagine if we knew anything about Milton before, or imagine if we had seen any episodes or moments of Milton and the governor's relationship before. If Imagine if any of these really successful scenes had been built to the way that they really should have been. I think this could have been a great episode of television. But taken out of that context, I still thought it was actually very good. There's a lot that in this episode that contradicts, you know, that does that you, it requires you to to go, yeah, sure, the governor's not going to tie up her feet because it's not like when you're torturing someone they can kick you. There, there's a lot of stuff like that in this episode. But if you if you only look at it as this one episode, then I think it works really well. Well, I, I want to ask Kevin a question. So, Kevin, Kate and I have been going back and forth about the writing of season three, as would most people, uh, for the past few weeks especially. And last week, I was a big fan of the episode because it was written by Scott M. Gimple, who also wrote the episode Clear, which I think is the best episode since the pilot. This episode was written by Glenn Mazzara. So, Kevin, you've been reviewing the show, uh, I, I'm assuming, for quite a while now. What, what is your take on the whole 
changeover of showrunners. Do you think that Scott M. Gimple is a good choice given those two episodes? Were you a fan of last week's episode? And what, what do you think of the writing of this episode by Glenn Mazzara, who basically got fired? Uh, well, you know, um, as far as last episode, I, I definitely liked probably about half of it. I really enjoyed the the latter half featuring, uh, that was just sort of dealing with Merle and especially that final scene between him and his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really great, although I thought that there was a lot of things early on, especially Rick's decisions um, were a little inconsistent with the characters. So there were some issues there, but I definitely thought that Gimple's work on Clear was by far, I, I think that it's pretty much been earning glowing praise um, all around. So I thought that that's definitely a good sign for, for where the series is headed in, in terms of Gimple's writing ability. Um, oddly enough, I thought that uh, Mazera's work tonight or on, um, on Welcome to the Tombs was uh, kind of very similar to how This Sorrowful Life worked, where it kind of half of it worked and half of it maybe was a little bit questionable. Um, I thought that they handled the, the Andrea death really well. Um, but ultimately, maybe they kind of oversold and didn't really deliver on the, on the final showdown between the governor and, and the prison group. Oh my God, they didn't do anything. Like all they did was run away. Simon, okay. So Simon, you're Mr. Negative. Uh, do you have anything positive to say about last night's episode? I, I think I already did say some positive things. I mean, I I, I think, uh, Kevin, you're, you're dead on. I think all the stuff with Andrea was great. If, if like you said, uh, Kate, you discount the many character issues that they're sort of glossing over in a major way. And I think there were some other good moments. I think there, there were some... I think my, my overall takeaway of this episode is I thought, like you said, Kate, as an individual episode, I thought it was pretty good. But for what it sets up for next year, I'm not so interested. Like uh, the, 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 <laughs> the fact that it leaves the governor alive, I think, is immensely frustrating because you just like this episode because they killed Andrea. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but um no, but I, I think leaving the governor alive is a is a silly decision. I don't think it does anything good for them and I and the whole is and the whole let's take in a whole bunch more kids and other people and then settle down at the prison as opposed to Woodbury which is partially blown up by the way, uh just seems silly. And then that and then tacking on that he no longer sees his dead wife for some reason uh that was also yeah that's what i don't understand and kate and i were going back and forth about this like two weeks ago about uh i think kate you said a staying at the prison wouldn't be a bad choice and i was like no it, it would make more sense if they stay at woodbury because yeah half this half the prison was blown up also it's crawling with zombies it, it's not been it's been proven to not be a safe place to live because you know everybody died in the prison so far and why? I mean, the the governor has like two guys. Why don't they just stay at Woodbury and wait for him to come back? Um, I'll I guess I'll take this. It seems like I'm for once the most positive on this episode. Uh, I think that I don't think that half of Woodbury is exploded. I think that they, you mean the prison. No, sorry, I don't think half of the prison. Yes, you're right. Uh, is exploded. I think there is a breach in one section of the prison, but there are really big locked gates that uh, the bars in the very you know separating the various parts of the prison so i don't see that as a threat or a problem where people have died in the prison is being shot <laughs> by the governor's people or the governor uh, himself or in Lori's case 
because of Andrew. That's, you know, he came in and sabotaged it. And the same thing could happen. Anybody could come in and sabotage Woodbury. Now, the difference is that the governor and his two henchmen know Woodbury really well. They don't know the prison. And so I think that it makes sense strategically. If you want to talk about, you know, just into like psychologically, what is the best place for them to be at? What makes the most sense that way? That's a different conversation. But just strategically, I think they can repair the the prison and it puts them on on their their home turf and really um, makes that, you know, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense for me um, th- that way. And I was not bothered at all by a lack of comfort, like the, by the way that they just chose to do the confrontation between the governor and um, and Rick's groups. I thought that was actually really smart. So I look forward to talking about that a little bit later. So if you were a character on the show, you would stay at the prison over Woodbury. If I, like if you were the leader, if you were the leader, you were like if I was Kate, Rick, the leader. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you would be like Caterick. 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 Caterick uh, yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, right. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. If being in put put in that position, I'm just say, I, I think it makes sense for Rick though. I think, this is where his wife is. So I think you know her body, and and so I think he has that connection to it as well. But also, just that is they've kind of made that their home. That's the first place that they felt safe in quite a while. And um, yes, people I know people have died there, but. I think that there isn't a reason that they can't, especially when you saw them at the beginning of the season, they were a well-oiled machine. They are capable of being that kind of a badass uh, Walker killing machine. Again, they could clear out that middle part of the prison really easily. I just, I think it's a far more defensible position. If you don't have the numbers that they had at Woodbury to be able to patrol that large of a perimeter. Oh, wait. Okay. Wait a second. Am I the only one who, if my wife had been eaten by zombies, I wouldn't, or whatever, or, or you know, however exactly that happened. Um, I don't think I would want to stay there. I, I think I would want to find another place where that hadn't been a thing that had happened. Well, but you don't think he wants to be able to go over and and stand by her grave? I wouldn't. No, and, and actually, that's one thing I did like about the episode is Rick finally stopped seeing her ghost. But also, I just want to say that I watched the Walking Dead marathon, or at least most of it, because it played on AMC all weekend long. And I watched the first half of the season, and I remembered how much better it was. And also, going back to what you said, Kate, they maybe had one day of peace at the prison and that's about it like i think it was like right away in the second episode that's when they discovered the prisoners and that's when like their sort of quote-unquote peaceful stay went all disastrous um kevin would you stay at the prison woodbury does it make any sense <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely think the uh, the call to stay in the uh, the prison is a little bit questionable um it uh I can I can definitely I see what, where Kate's going psychologically speaking. It might be it might feel safer for Rick's group, and who knows? Maybe Rick does just want to show a bunch of old people where his wife died. That could be the entire <laughs> intent of of why he he brought everybody in. But um, but yeah, it does seem uh, a little a little odd. Uh, Woodbury seems like it might be uh, capable of handling that busload of people a little bit better, but. Um, but maybe I don't know. Maybe the bigger problem is where they're going to go with uh, with the characters in season four being stuck in the prison. Given that the uh, the show seems to struggle with uh, characters being in one place for too long. Yeah, mm-hmm. that and also we haven't even discussed the fact that yeah, he stopped seeing his dead wife apparently 
which really doesn't make any sense to me because we've seen before that he, um, you know, he, he gets worse in times of stress. And you would think that bringing on a whole bunch more new survivors, a bunch of whom are kids, would be stressful. Well, no, he stops seeing the ghost of Laurie every time he makes the right choice. Like the, he does the, the he makes the the moral right good decision. And in this episode, it was by bringing those people back to the prison. I think in the last episode, he stopped seeing the ghost of Laurie when he decided that he wouldn't turn over Michonne. But you know, there's still like okay, this episode, the last last shot still brings up the biggest question mark of all of season three. The last shot is the shot of I believe Laurie's grave because yeah. it's, it's basically okay. So yeah, okay. So I still do not understand why back in episode four. They dug a grave for Lori's body when they never found Lori's body. Or did they find Lori's body? Did Lori get eaten by zombies? Is she dead? Like, I know she's dead. Like, I rewatched the episode. I'm like, okay, it's clear as day that Carl did shoot her in the head. I mean, it's it's all there in the dialogue and in the performance. But why did they dig a grave? Like, I was still yeah. mind blown. Like, I I don't. I'm still scratching my head about that one. I rewatched it, and there's four graves. One for Lori. I'm like, they never found her body. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, I'm it's having just, flashbacks to earlier me. frustrations. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he just wanted a place to go where he could think of, or maybe they found like a finger, <laughs> the, <laughs> and they dug a whole grave for the finger. Um, oh. <laughs> I want to. I'm oh, sorry. Do you want to take it? Well, I, I was just going to go back on what you and Kevin were talking about uh, about the whole prison raid. It's not that I think it was poorly executed or was boring. I just think that for a season finale, when you take that uh, that action sequence and you compare it to the raid at the prison before and also the raid at uh, at Woodbury, um, I don't think it compares. Like I think it's nowhere near being as good as those two previous like assaults. Um, so that's why I kind of felt it was a letdown. Like, I think if this was the penultimate episode, I would have been like, okay, amazing. But because my expectations were, or my hopes were a little too high because it's the season finale, I just expected more. And I was kind of really like confused because they all just decided to run away at the same time and drive away. And then the governor just chases after him, stops him and shoots them down and, and, you know, oh, I don't know. And I guess it kind of makes sense that his two henchmen wouldn't turn on him and shoot him. But then that just makes them, like, idiots. And also, I figured out his name, by the way, because when I was rewatching the season, they actually, uh, there's Martinez, who we all know, but the other guy, they say his name one time. His name is Schubert or Shumpert or something. They say <laughs> so you it, haven't they, figured out his name exactly. Well, it's Shup- Shupert or Shumpert, but they say it on... Um, the third episode of season three, which I still don't really like too much, is the it's the episode that does not feature Rick Grimes at all. It all takes place in Woodbury. Yeah, they they introduce his character when Merle's talking to Michonne and Andrea. Um, so yeah, whatever. Anyways, his name is Shumpert. Okay, uh, Kevin, do you have any thoughts on that? On just the the, the how the showdown played out. Yeah, N- not on whether or not that guy has a name. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think that he, uh, as far as the the, the showdown went, went, um, you know, it was uh, it felt like the 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 season was leading up to that, and um, I don't know, it just sort of played out a little um, anticlimactic, maybe. 
Yeah. Thank you. I put that word in my review. Thank you. He agrees with me. Anticlimactic. Yes, totally. It's not bad. It's just kind of like it's a season finale. Well, I I think the problem is just it seemed too easy. I don't think it was so much that the tactical decisions weren't good. It's just, you know, with with Maggie and Glenn decked out in what seems like 100 pounds of armor each and... You know, with with their positioning and the way it was all done, it just it felt like something else should it felt, felt like something should have gone wrong, and they would have had to readjust and make make some tough decisions or something like that. Like there should have been more beats to that plot to that to that whole assault. I think, especially considering we've been building up to that for at least six episodes. Well, that's the problem. They've been building up for it for almost a whole season time, not just six episodes, and. I thought, I thought honestly, if I was a writer of The Walking Dead, I would have made the penultimate episode just one big, huge, long action sequence where it's like the raid, and you make because the problem with the problem, I guess my problem with the the sequence is, I find the show is more interesting when the characters we like are in danger, and they weren't in danger. It was like the characters who we don't even know who are in danger, like these residents of Woodbury. And so there's a, like this episode has more deaths than any episode of The Walking Dead. 27 people die, but only one of them you actually, or two of them actually, you, you know and care about, I guess. And everybody else is like, who are these people? You know what I mean? So, who is the second one we know about? Milton. Oh, yes, right. Yeah. I actually really liked the way that the the climax of the confrontation or whatever plays out. I thought it was really great. I, as I was watching it, I kept being pleasantly surprised for, with this episode. So when at the beginning of it, it looks like they're leaving the prison, I was very pleasantly surprised because that made sense to me. <laughs> and then when the governor rides out and it seems like what's going to happen is Rick's going to get to... Woodbury right when they get to the prison and then Rick's going to talk down Tyrese and then they're going to take off and he's going to save Andrea or something. I That seemed like that made sense and was, was a more interesting way to go. Um, and then that didn't happen. And then what did happen, I thought it was great because their conflict is not with Woodbury. Their conflict is with the governor. So they don't have, they have no interest in gunning down people that, that have not wronged them. Their only problem is the governor. And so to take that approach made a lot of sense to me. And, um, and, and also like, I think that the going a different way than the huge fight explosions, burning farms, exploding CDC, like to go a different way with their finale made a lot of sense. And when I was watching this, I, I was very, again, this goes back to our conversation we were having about this stuff last week. I was very much watching it, not as a finale, but as an episode. I, I wanted to, you know, as opposed to putting on expectations or sort of like a construct of what a finale, air quotes, is supposed to be, I, I was actively trying to not think of this as you, there. This has to happen because it's a finale, and I think that their decisions, the choice to not do a, a, a confrontation the way that they did at the end of the first half of the season was was really good and um, much more interesting. Now, I would agree that it's ridiculous that Martinez doesn't just shoot the governor. That doesn't make any sense. And especially because we see that he does is troubled or thinks that the, by what the governor does or thinks that he's crazy. I agree that that doesn't really make any sense. And I really, really wish they had killed the governor. But going this way, I think, makes a hell of a lot more sense. And I I appreciated it. So I'm, I'm surprised that that seems to be such a minority opinion, even just online. But but um, it, it's not about what makes sense. Like I, I think like it. I, I it found, all makes I found sense. It satisfying. 
As okay, that's fine. And and I, I'm not saying it's a bad episode. And then it's not about it. Like everything in this episode does sort of logically make sense. It's not like they do anything that seems like completely ridiculous. Like in terms of like Martinez and the other dude not shooting the governor, well, it's expected. It's just like, as we are normal people, I assume, we're, we just look at them and we're like, you're an idiot, right? But um, oh, what was I going to say here? I was going to... Um, oh, you were talking about the raid, the prison raid. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So you're right. Like, that's the thing. Like, as I said, the episode in itself is great, but it is a season finale. And so that's why I look at it both ways. So has the episode... Like, when I watch the episode, I think it's fine, right? But then... I also have to take factor in the fact that, like, you know, in my household, it was a big deal. It was Easter weekend. I could have been watching a Game of Thrones and a whole entire time. I was like, I want to see bloody dragons already. Like, you know, <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my family and I'm like, all I want to do is watch Game of Thrones. And it's a season finale of The Walking Dead. So I'm like, you know, that's the choice. That's the automatic choice. It's like something big's going to happen. And that's the thing. You can't help but escape having those emotions because it is a season three finale it's been built up yeah, the but whole entire season i didn't have that experience at all i didn't I, and i had the same choice of am i watching game of thrones or am i watching the walking dead but i found it i mean i didn't want a mindless action sequence no matter how well executed i greatly this felt like much more of a finale to me than than something like the end of the first half of the season because our we got conclude we got a uh, character arc we got journey we got uh a coming to a conclusion the with with rick and his relationship with his son and there there was a lot in this that had a, a real significant finality to it that having just a fight between these two teams uh, two sides regardless of how awesome it was or how exciting or action-packed it was it would not have had anywhere near the the sense of closure i guess that this episode had for me because of they chose to spend the time on character moments and on small two-person or three-person scenes like they did last week instead of these larger group sequences okay i i i, I think we i think we've outlined the uh the, the sides to approaching this <laughs> particular episode but i wanted to i mean it is a finale so I wanted to maybe look ahead a bit and maybe talk about what the signposts are for next season. I mean, there's nothing as obvious as, as you know, showing us a prison and then we're in a prison for the entire season. But, you know, the governor's still alive. Uh, there's a whole bunch of new survivors to get to know. I mean, is this stuff that people are excited about? Well, I, I thought the most interesting character in this episode was Carl, actually, because it's the only moment in, in in the episode where they try to set up something new like carl basically guns down the kid you can call it cold-blooded murder and it's kind of it's kind of like uh murky like i mean i don't know about you kevin but for me i kind of understand why carl shot the guy because first of all he didn't technically put down his rifle and carl's right like he doesn't want to take chances i mean the last time they left the guy running around the prison like he killed his mom like well he didn't kill his mom but he was responsible for his mom's death so I'm not condoning Carl's actions, but I understand why Carl is doing what he does. And actually, like, it seems that Carl would make a better leader than Rick would, technically, if he was older. Uh, where do you stand with the whole Carl shooting the kid in cold blood debate? You, uh, well, it I agree with you. It definitely makes the character uh, a little bit more interesting. Um, I w I'm not so sure I was terribly thrilled with the idea of the, the child soldier uh, depiction throughout the season, but um, now kind of pitting him against his father on ideological terms, um, setting up for season four, um, those two thinking completely differently, and, and Carl maybe leaning towards more of a, a ruthless 
sort of, um, you know, kill or be killed type thinking, whereas his father is obviously moved towards something maybe a little bit more compassionate. Um, that could definitely be an interesting storyline for the, for the next season. Yeah, and I thought that's the best decision they made within this episode, because I do think, it, I'm saying it can lead to something interesting. Will it? I don't know, but I think the possibility is there. And, you know, going back to Andrea, sorry, we got to talk about Andrea. Um, the thing about her, like, I, I, you know, as I stated earlier on, I thought, like, her, her scene, her, her last moment was incredibly effective for me personally. Like, I, although I was completely frustrated with her character, I found it kind of like, like, it got dusty in the room, okay? But the thing is, at the same time, I kind of felt bad for her character even more because we spend the whole episode still frustrated with her because she's wasting so much time talking to Milton instead of trying to get herself loose. And I was just like, oh my God, Andrea, stop frustrating me. Even to your final, like, moments and, and minutes on, on this planet Earth, you're still frustrating the hell out of me. And I, I, I think that I was kind of hoping that Andrea would have freed herself and been like put, put herself in a position where she was uh, like she could have taken out the governor or she could have helped in like the whole battle. And that's why also going back to the, the little like climax, that's why I thought it was anticlimactic. I guess it, it was just like what I expected. I was just hoping that Andrea would have done more. Uh, and I kind of really felt bad for her character. Uh, apart from that, Simon, like, what else did they set up, really? The governor's on the loose. Are we going to see him right away? I don't think we're going to see him right away in season four. He might come back at the end or midway. I don't know. What else did they set up? Well, obviously, the new survivors and, you know, the decision to stay in the prison, I think, is pretty significant. Well, it's nice how long that democracy that they talked about last week uh, lasted there. Yeah, there was no vote there. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> God, I, I'm saying Carl for leader, man. Get rid of Rick. I'm like kind of sick of Rick. I really am. Like, I just don't find his character interesting anymore. And also, like, in terms of bringing in all these new people, so what? Every time they bring in a, gr a big, huge group of people, they just end up dying and we know nothing about them. Like Oscar, T-Dog, the other prisoners. I can't remember their names. Like, man, I, I, wanna, I want the Schubert guy to start talking. Like, what's up with that guy? <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I want to know what his, how to pronounce his name. I, I think that's one of the major downers for me about the episode is the fact that, okay, so they're going to introduce a whole other raft of new people that they're not going to develop well, probably. And that's going to dilute focus from the few characters that we really do care about. Well, they do have Jody now, but like, do you guys even know who Jody is? You know? <laughs> well, I know she had a 13-year-old son. I don't know if he's still alive. Uh, two things. First of all, I think that they could be setting up a transition of the governor into more of, at least uh, physically, more of a look like uh, he has in the comic book for next season. Maybe that'll be, maybe they'll switch to bikes or something. And then when we next see him, they'll have more that, you know, the character will be more similar to how he apparently is in the comics, which again, I haven't read. So I'm just kind of gauging that based on people's reactions when the governor first appeared this season. But the thing I wanted to mention about um, Andrea and, and like the, really the, where this is going for next season is that one of the things that really, really worked in this episode for me and that made it again, a, a successful finale as well as just a successful episode is that everything that happened tied in with Rick and tied in with some level of arc for him. So the, the Andrea's death that that scene is there or the conversation with Carl and then Andrea's conversation with Rick that all it ties into his journey over the episode and that her death has meaning um and and works be it has a larger significance because it changes Rick and so I'm hoping that 
between what we got last week and what we get this week, they see they're very similar structurally. I know Glenn Mazar wrote this one, but I'm hoping Gimple will take some of that, you know, moving forward. There's there seems to be a much more significant focus on tying these these threads together and making it there at least be somewhat of a thematic hole. This felt very thematically um, intelligently constructed, constructed or very thoughtfully constructed. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. I was going to bring up what my friend Abel said. So I was hanging out with my friend Abel when we went to see Spring Breakers, and he's he was just as frustrated with season three as you know we were, at least the second half of season three. And he's like, you know, he's like, I started having problems with the show when they killed off Dale, and I'm like, how so? And he's like, well, he's like Dale was kind of like the voice of reason, like he spoke for us, the audience. So when someone did something stupid, Dale's the one that would speak up. And so it was like by having Dale on the show, it was kind of like our way of venting our frustration for characters. And it's like, then they shot Dale. I said, so I brought in Michonne. And at first I thought Michonne would be the replacement for Dale, but then she just stopped talking. <laughs> so he got really frustrated. So now we're hoping that technically there's still uh, Herschel when he decides to speak up to Rick, which he's been doing lately. But now we're hoping that Tyrese will kind of fill in that sort of blank now where you know, he'll be the voice of reason. He's the one that's going to speak up when people do stupid things. And I, I think I think that's why I'm also hope, hopeful for season four because, uh, you know, we we're, we assume we're going to get more of Michonne and Tyrese who are two of the best characters in the book. Uh, Kevin, have you read the book, by the way? Yeah, uh, yes, I've read um, uh, not all of it, but I'm up to the, uh, actually, the prison. Okay, so in the book, would you agree with me that Andrea is a far cooler and better character? Yes. Okay, yeah. That's the biggest frustration with season three, and that's why a lot of people, like, that's what I get so frustrated when when I write something negative in my review, it's because of my disappointment of that character based on what we got in the comic book. And that's, I guess, it leads back to my somewhat disappointment of this episode and the whole entire season in general, is that, you know, when you have one of your favorite characters turn into something completely different, it's hard to just get over it. And that's why I'm kind of just somewhat glad that we're done with season three and again i really did like her uh, her scene with with melton in this uh, at the beginning of this episode and at the end of the episode um but yeah i don't know i just um well i mean there's there's different and then there's worse and you know they they can i, I haven't read the book but i don't think you would care if they turned her into something totally different but still really compelling uh, on on the subject of Dale, I, I don't. Re- I, I think killing him off was the right move, if only because, as it's easy to forget now, you know he was a great character at first, but they'd really run out of steam with him, and he'd just been the guy who hectors people for quite a while. No, I agree, but I think Abel made a good point that when he died, it was kind of like we lost that sort of character that would pinpoint the stupid things that people do. Because that was the biggest frustration with me in season three is that nobody spoke up. Like, we can all sit here and, and complain about the characters and the decisions, like, why did Andrea do this? Why did they do that? But no one really spoke up. Michelle never really said, hey, these guys are crazy. This is what the governor did. Merle never said, hey, this is what the governor did. This is what he'll do. He never, like, none of these people really ever addressed the situation, just how dangerous the governor was. They kind of danced around the issue. And so that was my biggest frustration with the season. Like, you know, I think last week we all complained about how illogical some of their decisions seemed. But at the same time, we have to remember that neither Merle nor uh, Michelle nor anybody else actually ever addressed to the whole entire group how dangerous the governor was. I mean, just the well, fact that Rick was even contemplating giving up Michonne with the hope that he would stick 
to his word and not kill him was stupid. Like, we all agreed on that, right? Well, yeah, but yes. the difference is that last week they started the episode, or, or maybe it was the week before, they they had Rick say, I know everything you've done, which implied that that conversation had indeed happened, but had happened off screen, which was a strange choice. There have been, as much as we've been frustrated this season by the the seemingly entirely plot required or plot necessitated character decisions that have happened or within the show i i've looking at the season parts of this episode as well i've been very confused by some of the choices made creatively as much as i do think glemazara has given us a lot of um the better aspects of the show i think when he took over at the beginning of the season there was a real as, we, as you talked about last week Simon, a real urgency to this to the series to uh what was happening with the various characters i think some things that uh, he was responsible for, and of course it's hard to know with the various conflicts behind the scenes, really, who's responsible for what. Um, I, I think some of those have been really good, but even just in this episode, they they skip over the part where where the governor confronts Milton and oh, yeah. takes him. It just we, we cut to the governor torturing Milton. We never get any sense really of what their relationship was. We never get any sense of how, how did the governor decide that Milton did this how did you know they, they what they've chosen the stories that they've chosen to skip over in favor of various choices have been odd to me and I, I guess one of the things I'm really hoping for next year is a much stronger sense of who these people are but also who they were and if they want us to care about people's relationships before the 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 apocalypse I guess zombie apocalypse I really, I could really go for some flashbacks, or if not, then some real investigation of who these people were before and how that has changed since. Yeah, seriously. Like, imagine if they spent, like, if they had taken, say, even 10 minutes of the episode Arrow on the Doorpost and given that 10 minutes to the governor confronting Milton about burning the zombies, that would have been great. But no, let's give 45 minutes or the whole entire episode to Rick and the governor having, like, drinks. <laughs> or or any sense of the governor, or any scene with the governor with his daughter when she was actually alive. They bring her back here. Of course, Milton says, your daughter, instead of his daughter's name, which felt very awkward um, and not true to character. But that was because none of us remember the daughter's name because she played such a tiny part. They gave her so little time that why would we know that? I, I know her name. Her name is Penny. Her name's Penny? See, I don't remember her name. Yeah, no, in the first few episodes, like, they do say Penny's name quite a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, you know, my problem is, is that uh, when I went into this episode, I was like, okay, Carol can't die because she's the closest thing to Daryl, and he just lost Merle. Daryl's not going to die because he's, like, the coolest awesome. and most, most popular awesome character. Uh, Rick's not going to die because he's a the protagonist. They're not going to kill off Carl either. That's just not happening anytime soon. Um, there's no reason to kill Herschel just yet because they kind of, like, need him in a, in a way to kind of like they need someone to have uh friction with rick and he's uh, more and, of a burden alive yeah exactly because of the crutches and i was like i know they did some foreshadowing of the possibility of maggie and glenn dying but i'm like it's way too early for that so that's why when i went to the episode i was like the only person that can die they need someone to die they they really want to in, like they want the audience to be emotionally impacted by the show i was like it's got to be andrea it can't be anybody else but you know what i was surprised at the start though um because i thought he was beating up andrea i'm like holy shit they're not actually going to show this guy torturing a woman on television are they and then they cut and ends up being like uh, uh milton 
Um, so in a sense, I don't know. I kind of did like the way they opened the episode, although I do agree that there's been a lot of stuff that's happened off screen that's left a lot of question marks for everybody. So I, I do think that I, I love Dallas Roberts and I don't think they did enough with him in general. So I'm, no. I'm slightly annoyed about that, but you know, I guess this free, I guess this frees him to do up more on good wife and other good shows. Yeah, me too. I really liked his character. So Kevin, how about you? What do you think of Milton this week? You know, uh, just right around, um, what was it? Arrow on the doorpost when he had that conversation with Herschel, yeah. uh, you really started to kind of see who Milton was and what he was all about. And he suddenly became a, an actually an interesting character. And it's a shame that he, uh, that he actually ended up dying in this episode. I would have liked to see him maybe join Rick's group at the prison. Um, he, he kind of offered that, uh, that sort of the, the voice of reason for the governor towards the end, even though he was completely ineffectual and it ended up killing him. But uh, yeah, actually, I was I was almost more sad to see Milton go than I was Andrea. It, it almost felt like they needed to let Andrea go just for the good of the show, um, even though they did a good job with it. But uh, but yeah, Milton was Milton was a good character, and I would have would have liked to see what they could have done with him um, in a different environment. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I wrote that in my review. Biggest mistake they made, and you know why? It's because Milton. What made Milton interesting? He's the only character that was always focused on the future of finding a cure of doing something else besides just like fighting zombies and surviving for the day. Like he had like a ambition. He had like a focus. He, there was a reason for him to exist. He was hoping for a cure to find a way to live with the zombies or something. And I think that's interesting to have a character of that within the group is cool because no one else like is like that. Everybody else just argues or they try to figure out where they're going to sleep tonight, you know? And it's not and like, that's the thing about the walking dead is, they need to throw in a little bit more life and humor into mm -hmm. the show at some times because, it, it, like, I mean, the times that they have, it like, you know, Michonne finding the, the, the colorful cat, for example. Like, that's like I put that on my list as one of the best moments of the whole entire season, a small, brief moment, but it, it shows so much life and personality of, in that character. And, um, like, I mean, anything, like, showing these, like, the sequence in which Beth starts singing around the campfire. Like, they need to inject more life into the show. It, I, I can't imagine this show existing for like another two seasons like all they are doing is running away from like walkers like I, they need to put something else in there and uh that's why I'm, I'm i think it was a mistake for them to kill milton he was an interesting character yeah i i totally agree with all that I, I hadn't even thought about the fact that yeah his his view of what to do for the future is totally different from everyone else's and i, I think that's a valuable contribution they just sort of did away with mm-hmm yeah, there needs to be uh, just one element that the show feels like it's missing is just something other than everyone just circling the drain. Yeah. And just sort of Milton was maybe he wasn't on the right track of uh, or even, you know, solving what what the problem was. But he was definitely more forward thinking than ever anyone else was. And, and they need an element like that in the series.
use them on whoever showed up. That's right. Hey, hey. Because we didn't have them, you burn them up. Eight of my men died. I haven't read too far into the comic book, so if anything I'm about to say is pure speculation, but I still um, believe that Judith, uh, the baby, in case anyone forgot her name, uh, might have the cure. Because, like, I mean, for them to bring a baby into the world and into the show, she's got to play a major important key role. She can't just be the baby that never cries, you know? And I'm assuming that she's not a walker because I'm sure they've at least checked her one or two times within <laughs> the, the, like, 20 days to leave the baby alone by herself. Because I still do not understand why this baby doesn't cry. Um, but, you know, th- there's got to be – they got to somehow in, uh, find a way to – like have, like like Kevin said, like have someone – be forward thinking like have some kind of hope for the future apart from just finding a place to stay for a few days like there's got to be like a cure or a government or someone to find like something i don't dogs i need dogs again (laughs) (laughs) once again ricky wants there to be dogs of course um yeah i it's a thing that i i kind of see that somewhat in the choice by rick to have because it's not insignificant that it is elderly people of course but for the most part it's children that are, are what comes to to or who comes to the prison at the end and i i feel like there it wasn't explicitly stated but i you know so much of that choice was based on rick seeing what's happened to carl who carl has become in this this past year or this past season that is and it does it does that decision to to bring them all there and to to clearly build more of a community because with that many people it has to and especially that many people who can't be an active part of of defense and you know the more militaristic element it seems like a clear sign that that rick has decided that it's not just enough to not die that they need to live and um it'll be interesting to see if that's if they follow through with that for next season but i think that um you know it's something that we've talked about before and you guys have kind of said this as well but if if there's one character that they need um well i actually have two things if there's one character that they need it's somebody who's funny they need funny to some extent on the show and the other thing i did want to mention is that yes milton is is good here and he's been good in you know or interesting recently but i mean i don't want to kind of overlook the fact that the character started out not particularly uh, interesting as much as I liked the performance the performance I mean don't forget this was the guy who had somehow regardless of, of the, the the fact that this doesn't make any sense never seen somebody become a walker you didn't find that interesting I didn't find it believable especially as a scientist yeah I I, I agree with that but I but I, I I still think you know as a greater point I think he they need someone who thinks somewhat yes. like Milton does ahead towards not just surviving. I think that's a, a major deal. So I, we should be wrapping this up, but um, is there anything we want to bring up quickly before we go? I do want to mention um, there are some really, really strong performances this week. I've not been a big fan of 
uh, of the governor in general, but uh, as, of David Morrissey's performance as the governor uh, for much of the season. But I thought he was really good this week. It, it seems like they didn't know who the governor, who they wanted him to be for much of the season. But this week they just went straight up psycho and he he played the hell out of those dead eyes. Um, and I actually think, for the most part, the the entire cast really brought their A-game this week. Uh, very strong performances. And, of course, once again, a very lovely uh, bit of scoring from Bear McCreary. He actually has a blog post up at his website about the, the way that he constructed the score for this episode. That's worth definitely worth checking out. Yeah, the score was amazing. Uh, you know, for me personally, I think that um, the show needed dragons. And I want season four to have Andrew return with some dragons <laughs> and uh, possibly a giant and a small dog. And I think the show will be awesome. It's just like, you know, it, it, we're at the end of season three. And I'm just going to, you know, like last year when I voted for our, uh, like the San Jose staff votes for their favorite TV shows of the year. And I voted for The Walking Dead. It was on my top 10. And it ended up being on the, the whole staff wide list, right? The Walking Dead. I'm not voting for The Walking Dead this year. There's too many better shows. And again, like the whole entire time, I was just sitting there thinking, I wish I was watching Game of Thrones. And that's, that's that's bad. That's not a good thing. Like if they, the season started so strong and to me it kind of started like slowly falling apart. And despite the fact that we had great episodes like Clear, um, they need a, they, they have a lot of work to do, a lot of work ahead of them. And Scott M. Gimple, I think he's the right man based on the two episodes he scripted. Um, so I do have high hopes for season four. And I think it's like Dan Heaton said last week, you know, when they hit their highs, the highs are what keep us coming back. Um, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done and it's all in the the script writing process. And I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how it's like to write a series or do something creative as a committee. Like you sit down as a committee with all these people and everyone's pitching ideas and writing different like episodes and it might get really confusing and hard. It's not an easy thing to do. So I still tip my hat out to them and yeah, let's hope for the best. And can I just say uh, thank you once again to all our listeners before you guys close it off. And uh, yes. you guys can still give us a rating on iTunes because, you know, we will be back for season four and it does help uh, us find new listeners. So, yeah, please do that. Do us a favor. Give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Simon and Kevin, you guys want to close it off? Yes. Uh, Kevin, where can people find your work online? Uh, they can find me at uh, ScreenRant.com. I'm in the uh, pretty much everything uh, TV. All right. And do you are you on the Twitter? I am on the Twitter. You can find me uh, Eric Wonderspoon. <laughs> All right. (laughs) That was not the handle I would have expected. Uh, All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Some configuration of us will be back in around Halloween to talk about the next season. But who? You'll have to wait and see. Thank you for listening. Will you open it?
It's true. 